Every week, we do a Q&A with interesting and accomplished members of the adaptive community to find how they persevered, how they innovated, how they built communities, and how they found solutions. Welcome to the Name Tags Chat Podcast. Welcome to the Name Tags Chat Podcast today with Hannah Dietrich, who just recently returned from Tokyo, I guess a few weeks ago, but recently returned from Tokyo. She was fourth in the 100 meters, three one-hundredths of a second out of third place, three one-hundredths of a second off the podium. She was the youngest wheelchair athlete. She was the youngest wheelchair athlete in 2019 at the World Championships. She is a two-time world champion in junior world champion in 100, 200, 400, and 800, also a silver medalist in the 1500. Hannah, congratulations. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you for having me. This is great. And you are now at the University of Illinois, have mm-hmm. just started or just about to start classes at the University of Illinois. This has got to be a bit of a whirlwind for you, right? I mean, you go to the yeah. Paralympics, then you start college. And do, do you have any idea which way is up? How are you handling the whole beginning of college now? Um, it's going really well. Uh, there's, the transition was a lot easier than I expected. Um, but, but being um, in Tokyo for like a month, um, being away from home and... Um, being away from uh, mom and dad, I think it was a lot easier. I think Tokyo was like a practice for me, and now I'm here and I'm and I'm just feel like I'm adjusted a lot easier here. So no homesickness for you? Not really. I'm I've gotten a lot used to it the second time. What was it like being in Tokyo? That was your first Paralympic Games. Was it what you expected? Did you feel prepared uh, being the youngest wheelchair athlete? What was, what was that like? Um, so I, I definitely felt um, pretty, um, pretty strong coming to the games. Um, I was doing very well um, this year. Um, I, was, uh, I was top one um, this past um before leading up to Tokyo, I was top one in the world, ranked. And so you're then, ranked first in the world? Yeah, all year. Um, when I, when competition started begin, beginning um, in the in the um, in the beginning of like um, April or May was when I started competing, going to more competitions. So I was able to see my um, see my where I'm at this year. Um, so I, yeah, so I, so like me and Sherry were like, um, we've always, um, so we've known each other for like, um, since I started um, competitively racing. Uh, this is Sherry Madsen, who was, who was three one hundredths ahead of you. Yes. Bronze mm-hmm. medal in the, in the 100, but you are 18 years old. Mm-hmm. Sherry is 44 years old and had been the youngster back in 1996 and then and then was was the Paralympic champion in 2000 but she effectively retired mm-hmm. before you were even born oh. and then now she's come back and you guys are teammates <laughs> I know it's crazy so, so, yeah. so what's your relationship like with her um, 
I think we uh, have definitely really um, uh, um, become very good friends and very um, very great teammates um, as the years went by and as I had gotten faster and I, as I um, started to compete in like higher um, com- competitions such as Worlds. Um, yeah, I think um, this year, I think we have gotten um, a lot closer in our times, like a lot closer um, before. Um, this is like the year that um, we've had um, a lot, we've had the closest races. I think trials was like the closest race um, in the 100. I beat her in like 0.1 second um, in the 100. <laughs> one 100th, right? One 100th. Yes. Mm-hmm. But so then that... the Olympics by three one hundreds. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, how about so so twenty nineteen for you was a really big year, right? I mean, you were sixteen years old, mm-hmm. sophomore in high school. You what did you expect that year? Because you went to three big events. Did you expect to go to the world championships, the, the Parapan and the junior worlds, or were you kind of just thinking about the junior worlds? Um, so I, yeah, so I knew that, um, coming in 2019, that there was three major competitions. I knew that, um, I would have a higher chance making the, uh, world junior team, um, was coming back like as like a world champion. And like, I did, I definitely came back a lot stronger this time. Um, yeah, I, I just like kind of like played it by ear. I just like trained and I didn't really have a specific goal in mind. I just wanted to like see where it takes me in 2019. I just trained. I've gone to um, local, local competitions uh, like desert and um, desert and I also um, comp- I also went to Switzerland um, for the Arbon meet um, to see um, if if I can make any of those teams. Um, Arbon is usually the place where people um, go there to compete and see if they can get the times they need to make any team or make any standards or anything. Arbon and Switzerland, Arbon and Notwell track are definitely the place to c- compete there the fastest tracks in the world yes, mm-hmm. for wheelchairs that's for sure yeah so so you went there how did you stack up because this is i mean you're you're still a kid at that point right you're tw- you're 16 years old yeah. and you're getting on the track with like tatiana mcfadden mm-hmm. and manuela Shar and and people you you know through your program too like a susanna scaroni and chelsea mm-hmm. mcclammer and some of these people, what was that like that first time when you got on the track? Were you in awe or were, or did you just kind of feel like, well, this is just another track meet? Um, I think that, um, so like, so when I went to the, um, Arbon meet, um, they kind of categorized us by time. So I never got the opportunity to like race with them. They would be the, in the fastest heat. Um, I wasn't, at that fastest at that time yet um so yeah it wasn't wasn't intimidating then or was it intimidating just to kind of be on the track with them even though you weren't in the same heat um 
I think it was just um, exciting just to like be on like the world's best track with being surrounded by world's best athletes. I think that I was just like loving the experience and just wanted to see where the time in Arbonne will take me. And how did you how did you run there? What kind of times did you run? Were you surprised that you ran faster than you had before? Um, Arbonne, um, um, I didn't. Um, so like I can, so I did okay in the um, in the whole meet. Um, I think the one hundred meter was definitely the best race. Um, it was definitely the fastest time I've, time I've ever gotten before World Championships, and that's how I um, got nominated for me to, to compete at the World Championship was through my Arbonne 100 meter time. So that was it. So that's in the springtime. So you knew then that you were going to go to the World Championships. So that really triggered all three of those big races for you then, right? So you went back to Switzerland to complete at the compete at the world juniors and then and then to Peru for the for the parapans and then to Dubai is that how it worked yes yeah I that's what I did I went to Arabal and then I went to went back to Switzerland for junior world and then parapan and the world championships and what did you think I mean like all of a sudden you're you're there on the world stage like this is this is it, like, and you were running fast. You were sixth at the in the hundred at the World Championships, so sixth in the world as a sixteen-year-old. And Tokyo was scheduled to be the next year, but then yes. something happened along the way. So, so what were you thinking before the shutdown, and then what did you do after the shutdown? Uh, so, so after, so I definitely, um, after making world championships, I definitely felt like I had a potential of making a, a Paralympic team. Um, it's just as high as ex expectations to make both teams. I think they kind of have the same um, level of um, qualifying. Um, yeah, I, I definitely felt very hopeful for the next year and I definitely felt very excited for the next year and then yeah that and then quickly after when I got back from world championships we started hearing COVID but like a lot of us didn't believe it until until the whole world suddenly shut down yeah which I, I don't, nobody had experienced it right I mean nobody mm -hmm. experienced this since the Spanish flu back in you know, 19, 1917, 1919, mm -hmm. that, that kind of thing. And, and mm -hmm. so, so, right. So nobody had experienced, nobody knew that, that this kind of plague could actually shut the whole world down. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely something new that I've experienced. I think a lot of people, it's something that new that everyone experienced, um, not just the, not just the athletes, but everyone's lives. Um, yeah, during COVID, uh, I so I like Paris for um, 
Spokane, we, after, um, after a mandatory um, shutdown from our governor, uh, we had to uh, definitely shut down the whole program um, for the next three months um, until things slowly going back up. So we would like, for first Sports Spokane, uh, we would do Zoom calls every day and we would train every day through Zoom on our rollers. And we would do string conditioning. We would do like little activities to like just keep in touch and just to like have company. So your roller is like having a stationary bike effectively. So you're in your racing chair on a on a big drum that turns so you can so it replicates being being on the road and so you were able to do workouts with the rest of the team now parasport spokane you have to tell us a little bit about what parasport spokane is because what it was responsible for nine medals i think parasport spokane had had nine medalists i mean some of them alumni from the program as well but mm -hmm but a lot of medals at the Paralympics this past, this past time. What is Parasport Spokane and how, how did you get involved? So Parasport Spokane is a nonprofit organization where um, they take youth uh, and adults with physical disabilities and, and give them the opportunity to play sports. Um, so my coach, Teresa Skinner and, um, runs the whole program uh she uh she recruits everyone she um makes sure that um we have the right equipment and everything um so yeah it Sports World can is, is really a uh, incredible program um for eastern dogs to get involved um it's um I, it's definitely grew over um, the past. Um, uh, Twenty thirteen was when um, Teresa um, developed or knew that they, there need, needed to be a program in Spokane, and then it grew so much uh, these past um, eight years, eight ten years, um, with now nearly nearly like a hundred athletes um, in our um, athletes who are now involved in the program. So we have about like a hundred plus athletes that has um, been, that has gotten involved and really. It's impressive. And people mm -hmm. like you on the team, I mean, obviously we talked about Susanna and Chelsea McClammer, people who had, who had left Parasport Spokane for the University of Illinois, which you're following in their footsteps, but you even had like a contemporary of mine, to a certain extent, Tyler Byers, who who came back and was training with you guys this past year as well. So. Yeah, he did come back. It was it was definitely pretty cool for um to have him come back and to be a role model for um these 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 young athletes, and not only for the athletes, but he's also been a role model for me as I um as I trained um, a lot more as I, yeah, as I trained what did, on a daily what, basis. What did he share with you? 
What did you uh, learn from him? I definitely learned um, to really, um, I think it was the, the track and on the row was when I, um, was when I definitely really pushed myself um, this past year um, since he, since, since he um, came back and joined our program. Uh, he's really, he's really, um, I don't know how to describe it, but like, he's, he's just like a great athlete and a great person, and I really love working with him, and I really love training with him. I think he just really pushed, really pushed me at my best. Yeah, to prepare harder and, mm -hmm. and to be to be ready for that moment when that moment came along. And Teresa, Teresa Skinner, whom you mentioned, has been really influential. You've mentioned you've you had noted her as your most influential person. Is what why was she why was she so influential? Um just the way um just looking back at like um just looking back when I like joined the program and and I when I just like met her um I and like she's like I don't know it's like hard to like describe like she's done a lot for like many athletes not only me but like a lot of athletes around the world and around the whole community of Spokane um She's definitely been she's definitely been there for um been she best she's definitely been there for all my first um with with me um going to racing she definitely was there i think it's i think it's just like the bonding and just the um the first that she the first it's like a mom instinct like like your mom's usually there for your first of everything. And I think that's like really special and like really meaningful as, as an athlete and as, I know it's, it's definitely been an incredible journey and I, and I'm so grateful that I, that she's got to be, she got to be on, on the staff members for Tokyo Paralympics. So that was very, that was very special to me that I, she was there in person, person at my very first Paralympics. I mean, you're you're really good at what you do, right? I mean, is this is this where you've you've been able to to take pride in yourself? Uh, and and I mean, you've had a, a, a potentially difficult in some ways beginning to your life, where where like you're orphaned and and in an orphanage before you before you got. Uh, before you were adopted, right? And 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 did did sports help help you find your your place with your peers and find friends and that kind of thing too? Or yeah, before I joined sports, I have nothing in my life. Kind of had like no activity or no people in my life besides my parents. So it was definitely. I think sports has really just changed my entire life, like just entirely my life, just from just from 
my social life, um, my it just changed everything in my life. <laughs> everything, all your friends, all your and and does it affect the way that you look at like your school and everything like that too? Because that's obviously a big part of who you are. Um, I think I think school. I think for me, school is always something that I have a hard time feeling included. Um, I think Parasport Spokane has always been the group that I've felt included and belonging. Um, so, yeah, I. So school, yeah. So school is just like something that has kind of like I don't know. It's it's def. I definitely still have a hard time um, finding a group or finding people feel belong to at school. I think sports just like helped me. Being involved in school sports just helped me in so many ways. Okay, now we've got to get to the cross country thing. How did you run cross country for your team? Because that's usually on trails, right? I mean, cross yeah. literally cross country, not not paved. So they would usually accommodate my races um they would yeah i don't think there's ever been a meet that i've ever gotten the opportunity to like race beside them um besides track and field okay. um usually they usually accommodate which is which is the best they, they can do is accommodate um to make it make it accessible the best the best way they can so what does that mean? Did you end up racing on the road while the while the others were on the on the trail, or how did that how did that work? So I would do my race before them. Um, they would usually come up with a um, a map of um, of a road or like a pavement um, of any sort of kind to like kind of find the way find the way, like find, find past that work. And okay. it was definitely, yeah, it was definitely a different experience, um, not racing uh, with the team, but that's sometimes what you have to do when you're involved in high school sports. It makes sense. And you played basketball, you played wheelchair basketball as well. And now this is kind of interesting because I was looking at some photos of you and I saw a photo of you with like Tatiana and and you looked like you were like a half a half a head shorter than Tatiana sitting in your sitting in your chair. But then I saw you on the basketball court and you played big in the basketball court like you were you were you were in a big chair so so what's up with that were you were you playing like like a center what what was going on in, in basketball so for basketball i competed um in all divisions um for per sports book and um, i did like prep junior varsity varsity up to varsity um it was it was definitely a lot of fun i I really enjoy wheelchair basketball. I 
really enjoy the team aspect. Like, I really just enjoy, like, the social aspect of basketball than track and field. But so, so what did you play for a position? Because I would think being as fast as you are and a hundred meter person that you would be more of like a point guard, but it looked like you were in a, in, in one of the bigger chairs so that you were, you were one of the, one of the taller people effectively. And, and can you just explain how that works? Cause a lot of people might not understand how, how there are different chairs in basketball and that you might be able to sit higher as a result. So, so every chair that, um, that we have, um, it's, it's specifically customized to you. Like each, like each chair is, each chair is customized to your body. Um, and like you could sit taller, you could sit shorter. It just all depends on your body and how it's made. And were you generally sitting tall? And if you were, did no. you like that? No. No, I I was definitely not the tall one. I oh, because it looked like in some of the stuff that I saw, one of the photos I saw, I was like, wow, she's in a pretty big chair, pretty tall chair. Um, I photo. I think pictures. For basketball, you may look taller, but like in person, you're just not that tall. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, I was not. Okay. Let's get let's get back to racing. So now that you're at the University of Illinois, what do you expect? Because you've been you've been successful on the 100 meter side. So 100, you you were fourth at the Paralympics. You were sixth in the World Championships. Moving forward, do you expect to continue to get faster in the 100? Do you also think that you might expand your events? I mean, obviously, you know, at the World Juniors, you won all the way up to 800 meters. So are you looking to be competitive at 800 meters? Are you looking to get into the marathon? What can we expect from you in the next four years? Um, there, there's definitely a lot um a lot that I want to explore. Um, I definitely, um, for sure, want to try uh, try long distance. Um, I think I think Illinois is just known for like their long distance got people, athletes. Um, I definitely want to try long distance, but I but I definitely for sure want to stay in sprinting. I think long distance because I I naturally just start really fast, so like I'm a very good person to be a sprinter especially in the hundred um i just start really fast and i think that um it will help me in the long run for longer races because i'm able to like get in the pack faster and, and i'm also able to sprint too um so and does that translate into climbing too do you climb well as as you sprint well um I definitely kind of like climbing. I think um, because I'm so light, um, I can definitely have like um, pretty fast uh, hand, short hand speed up a hill. So I, I think I can do hills. I think if I keep training um, hard and keep training um, here, I think that long distance and hills will definitely be my strong suit. Now, 
you said you're pretty light. What What is pretty light? I've read some things and I don't know how dated this stuff that I've read. Um, well, like there's pretty light people, but I'm definitely one of the pretty light people, like, like, like pounds. Like I, I have such strong, like, um, shoulders and and um hands and arm speed that like my my body just like goes like starts just really fast i don't know like i'm just like really like in like the 90 pounds like i'm not even like 100 pounds yet so but you're up to 90 pounds i had read 86 pounds somewhere yeah that's probably a couple years ago You put on four pounds since then? Okay. <laughs> Probably. I don't know what where 86 pounds is. <laughs> okay. So 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 you're looking forward to that to to potentially expanding some of those, expanding some longer distances. Mm-hmm. What, what's been the because I know like we talked to Amanda McGrory not too long ago, and she was she was a sprinter for a long time and and then has been a really successful marathoner once she started doing marathons do you see that kind of progression potentially or is it or or do you want to focus on the track as well um right now i just want to focus on the track um i think that um the road it will expand my 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 choices after um, just focusing on the track for a little bit, I think it'll expand my of what I want to try. Yeah, and a lot of people might not know. A lot of people who are watching this might not necessarily know that this is really this is really marathon season now, right? And this yeah. year, much more so than anything else, in that five majors since they're not running Tokyo are all going to be within six weeks. Berlin mm-hmm. was last week, London this week, Chicago and Boston back to back the following week. And then and then New York will be what, like almost four weeks later. Mm-hmm, yeah, so it's like all marathons crammed together. It is absolutely going to be crazy and a whole lot of fun. And there are a bunch of wheelchair athletes who are going to do the do all five of the marathons mm-hmm. Tatiana being one of them oh, they're crazy they're crazy <laughs> that's what you think is that a crazy proposition well they're also like done lots of marathons over the years too <laughs> and you haven't done one yet so I've only done more than seven miles so that's like 26 miles that I would have to mentally and physically train for I would imagine that is going to change pretty soon, though, that you are going to do some some longer, longer workouts. And what what do you expect in terms of how how the workload is going to going to come to you, the training workload and and and, you know, expanding your distance potentially? Um, I'm definitely um, nervous when the workload comes on me um right now i'm just like chilling and just doing a workout that adam has me do uh, i haven't he hasn't been putting with the marathon and what's a majority of them are marathon are doing a marathon so i'm kind of in in like a bubble of 
where do we put Hannah? Because she's not doing a marathon. <laughs> and, and have you talked with Adam about sort of your your progression, what you're looking for in terms of goals for this year, what you're looking for in terms of your your you know your workload as well? Um, we haven't really talked much um, since I've been here. We've only talked about um, schedule for school, and that's all we've talked about. We haven't talked about anything else, like goals for for the season and for the year, for the next upcoming year. We haven't done that yet, but I should get on top of that. <laughs> well, it probably makes sense to get settled in school. And you said also that that the semester started while you were in Tokyo, mm -hmm. so that you're not taking a 16-week uh, set of classes. You're taking an eight-week set of classes right now. So, so you have that little bit of luxury before classes actually start. Mm -hmm. But then there will be that transition as well, which can be a challenge for a lot of people yeah. from high school to college, and then with also a full-time sport too. De definitely, it's definitely going to be a challenge to juggle will be worth it. Oh, I'm sure it'll be worth it. I mean, I think it's just it's just that transition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just part of growing up. It's part of getting better. All of that is just trying to figure out how to juggle it and how to manage your time a little bit better. And as you said, mm -hmm. you were on your own in Tokyo and and so you don't have your parents looking over your shoulder and mm -hmm. yeah. you'll be the one responsible for it, which changes a little bit. So uh so yeah, but but can can you give us any any insight, anything that is sort of uh, your your beginning back at school? Has there been anything that's been really surprising or really exciting? Um, just not having to go to um, a specific class every day. They like you can do like one class a day or like three classes a day, depends on your schedule. I like how it's like spread out instead of like strictly like all five classes every single day, Monday through Friday, like how, like high school. College is much different. Yes, mm -hmm. definitely. And where you get your syllabus and you're responsible for a paper here and there's a midterm there and there's a, a final mm -hmm. and these kinds of things. And you know beforehand what's mm -hmm. going to happen where it seems like it's all a bit more of a surprise oftentimes in high school. So mm -hmm. that will be a challenge. How about any of the people that you, that you might've gotten to know a little bit in Tokyo that, that now, now you see a whole lot more of, have you, did you create friendships in Tokyo that then, then um, are now part of your college experience? Yeah, I, I did like, um, I've met Kelsey Lefevre. We were, we've been really good friends. Um, we were roommates uh, the past month, so we got to bond a lot. I don't, I don't see her right. I haven't, I haven't um, seen her for a while. Uh, she's in Chicago right now, so I don't know when next time I'm gonna see her. And then I've seen, and then I was, and then I was, um, us been seeing Chelsea a little bit every day. Um, we we we've roomed in Tokyo too. We we roomed together in Tokyo. And then I've roomed with Amanda. Well, Amanda re retiring this year. She's in Denver, so I'm, I haven't get to see her at all. 
<laughs> well, I mean, interesting also just with with you coming onto the scene with it being your first Paralympics, and you're talking about Kelsey. So you're starting your college career, and Kelsey is just about to finish her PhD. Mm. So you guys again on are on. <laughs> that's so yeah, so different terms. But what do you what do you learn from somebody like Kelsey, who obviously has seen so much more? You're you're in the beginning; you don't even really know what to expect. And um, did she give you any any hints? Any any advice? Uh, she, uh, she helped me register for classes. Um, she, uh, she hasn't like, I told her like questions, like, what was it like your freshman year? Um, she's like, um, I don't really remember. It was a pretty long time ago. So, <laughs> so I guess it was pretty long time ago. <laughs> it was a pretty long time when ago. She was a freshman, freshman in college. Now, I saw something that she was giving you insight on dorm life, though. Did she give you some insight on dorm life? Um, I I can't remember. <laughs> this seems like important stuff to remember since you're now in the dorm. Yeah, and also like I've like talked to like Isaiah Rigo and like Philip Croft that um that I've got to. Um, be in the same team back in Spokane. So I've got to get a little insight from them too. Exactly. So they were on Parasport Spokane with mm -hmm. you. Now they're at the University of Illinois as well. Yes, they are. Uh, does that make the transition a whole lot easier? Just sort of at least knowing, knowing those people? Yeah, I think the main thing about um, having easy tradition is definitely the people. Um, it's definitely the people. Um, I'm very lucky that I've gotten that I've known a lot of these um, athletes for a long time, and a lot of them are from like a good chunk of them are from Spokane. So like I've known them for a while. And so, so Tokyo was this past was just recently this past month, right? Mm -hmm. And then, but you only have you only have three years until until Paris. Are you? setting sights on Paris? Are you thinking about where you might go? Would you be, would you continue going to LA afterwards? Or, or are you just kind of looking at Paris right now and saying that's, that's the next step? Um, I think, I think LA would, I think I want to go to, um, to LA, but I know that like, um, Teresa will be like, LA, you can go like five more Paralympic games, but I, but I definitely, um, I definitely want to do more in my life than just being an athlete. I definitely want to have a family and stuff. Um, our family and have the, have the life of outside of being an athlete. Interesting. Okay. As an 18 year old, you're already thinking that there's going to yeah, be, yeah, I, I definitely want that, but like, don't know why, but like, it's definitely up in the air right now. But I for sure Paris and LA. Did you talk to Sherry Madsen about that? Because that's essentially what she did. She was still so young and on top of her game when she retired after Sydney and started a family. 
Uh, no, I haven't talked to anyone about wanting to start a family, actually. Okay. Well, it's not anything you need to do right away. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah, definitely not right now. Right, exactly. Well, it's, it sounds like you are set up to have a, a rich and full experience, and we will look forward to hearing more about, one, how things work out at the University of Illinois, what your goals are once you, once you and Adam get together and figure out what's going on and what you want to do and, and which events you want to compete in on the track and maybe move to the marathon, but then also where you move from there. I mean, this is such an exciting yeah. time of your I'm life. So excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just run with the excitement right now. Yes, definitely. The goal is to get, be a Paralympic medalist or like win a Paralympic medal. Um, definitely, it's definitely the top goal. I think it's every, every athlete's goal. A lot, of, a lot of athletes want to make a Paralympics. Exactly. And to win a medal and, and obviously mm -hmm. You were really very, very close to being three. Yeah, that second. was that was definitely that was definitely a little hard out there, but it was definitely still exciting to just be at the games and just be able to compete at the best, greatest world, greatest world stage ever. Yeah, exactly, and to be that close and to be effectively at the beginning of your career mm -hmm. means it, it certainly speaks speaks volumes to what you your to your potential so we look forward to following your potential hannah thank you for joining oh, us good luck at you. the beginning of school and the beginning of your career in a lot of ways even though you've already gone to a paralympics i think your career there's a lot more of your career afterwards than there is uh, that we've seen so far so Good luck and, and thank you for joining thank us. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you to all of you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed our discussion with Hannah Dietrich and look forward to following her in the future. If you enjoyed what we're doing, please tell your friends the greatest compliment you can give us is telling other people, telling other people to check it out. This will be a podcast. We'll edit it. We'll get it out there to all of the usual suspects, the Apples and the Spotify's. So if you can follow, if you can like us, that's that helps us continue to move forward and continue to have great guests. So thanks to all of you and we'll see you next time.